Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code COLLEGEDRAFT to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it is Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast presented by DraftKings. Another ridiculous deal, by the way. For DraftKings this week, $100, you put a dollar down and your team makes a three in the NBA. you got to be kidding me. Just make sure you use the code Ross when you do it. I am the former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. Now i got five podcasts on the Ross Tucker Podcast Network. By the way, Joe Banner was incredible last night. The former Eagles and Browns team president last night. On the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, it's obviously already posted. Please check it out. Because if you listen or watch this show, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, you're into the draft, as you should be, by the way. And you will be so impressed by so many of the things that Joe Banner said about the trades this offseason, as well as what he had to say about drafting. And the advantages you can get and how hard it is and the difference between good teams and bad. Anyway, just listen. Just listen or watch the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. I think many of you already do. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL on social. We're at Ross Tucker Pod. And the star of this show, it's Emery Hunt. This guy's just the star of the world right now. Everywhere you go, he gets to vote in the top 25 poll of the FCS. I'm so jealous. He got to do a game Saturday. Fortunately, I get to do a game, fingers crossed, this Saturday, Patriot League Championship, Bucknell, Holy Cross. He's the great Emery Hunt at F-Ball Game Plan on Twitter. Football Game Plan is his exquisite YouTube channel, and you still have time. I mean, we're a little, we're about almost two weeks away from the draft. I know a lot of you are cramming like it's like, midterms or finals right now for the draft footballgameplan.com slash 2021 draft guide i don't go around emory and read all the other draft guides i just can't imagine there's another one like it there isn't man and i appreciate everything that you've done for the draft guide for me on this show and just out in public in general because it's been a great year for the draft guide and you're right every time i look through it i get more impressed with it myself thinking Man, this is a lot of prospects, and I just go back to thinking how much film I watched to get all this information 
on people. So I'm glad I was able to put this project together last year and and the follow up with a second edition this year. So I'm excited about it, man. I appreciate everything. It's awesome. All right. So this is so there's a lot of reasons why I love Emory, like a lot. Um, but one of them is we're talking DBs today. Okay. So most of you are like, okay, yeah, I knew it. They did linebackers last week. So DBs today, that means they're going to go over corners and safeties. And remember the old uh, Bo Jackson commercial, you don't know Diddley or you don't know Bo or whatever <laughs> like that. If you thought that there was just corners and safeties, you don't know Emery, okay? Emery sent me this email. Boundary corners, field corner, slot corner, free safety, strong safety, combo safety. Emery's got six different DB positions but it makes some sense. Now, before we even get into this, Emery, I think this is really important. I don't think people realize, and, and this is why I love having these shows, I don't think people and our listeners realize how different the college and NFL games can be. In other words, I don't ever remember really hearing in the NFL very often field corner and boundary corner. They, they don't describe it like that as much. But in college, that's what every single defensive coordinator or offensive coordinator say. Field corner, boundary corner. Field corner, boundary corner. Like, it, you know, I, I do these production meetings for both levels, Emery. The coaches talk differently. Because of the width of the hash marks in college football, it is a different sport. I'm so glad you said that because I tried to make that point a couple of years ago on Twitter and people looked at me like I had 10 heads. The game is completely different because of the hash marks. Now in the NFL, you know this better than anybody, Ross. The game is played primarily in the middle of the field. So pressure comes quicker. There really isn't a boundary or field corner because everything is equal and balanced because of where the hash marks are located. You can't out leverage someone by formation like you can do in college. Um, and that's why you see these gaps be extended zone essentially turns to man because you spread the defense out so much. So, yeah, in college you have field corners and boundary corners. The one thing that's traditional is the slot guy. That guy seems to be designated by position, but you're right. The hash marks make so much different in college football, and that's why a lot of quarterbacks have issues in the pro game with pressure because it's easily identifiable in college. You can see where the pressure is coming from, but in the pro game, it's closer, it comes quicker, and you have to quicken your decisions, otherwise you're going to get hit. I also think, Emery, that the nature of college football, it makes the reads easier because they're so often in 11 personnel. They so often have the single receiver to the boundary, Against the man corner, that's a matchup they like and they throw to a lot. It's a shorter throw for the quarterback. Out When they throw it out wide, there's only a couple different route combinations. They throw the you know the quick look screen out there to the wide side a lot. I, I, I believe that for the same reason why you said it's easier to identify, I think the reads are easier in college, not just because – NFL defensive coordinators can be a little more complicated. It's the nature of the structure and the hash marks. There's only so much you can do from the wide side of the field. And from the boundary side, it's 
there's only one corner out there. So if he's coming, you just throw it to that guy. Like, you know, he's, it's just a different, it's a really different deal. It, it is almost comparable to what you see in the CFL. Now the CFL has a wider field, um, but you have the same type of philosophy like you do in college because you can expand the field in the CFL is because of the dimensions of the field, but in college because of the hash marks, you essentially take away a lot of the pressure. That's why when they face teams that are able to get pressure, like in Alabama, uh, like in Ohio State, and in their heyday, like a Clemson, teams tend to struggle. Like when Florida went ahead and faced Nebraska in that Orange Bowl, or Fiesta Bowl it was, when they finally got to to a team that could apply pressure in, in the confines of, of the college game, they tend to struggle. So you're absolutely right. It's a different game, and I'm glad you brought that point up because that's a huge point that a lot of people need to understand. All right, so let's start with the corners. And for our purposes, because you have, as a boundary corner, Caleb Farley, one, Asante Samuel, two. On the field corner side, you have Patrick Sertan, one, J.C. Horn, two. Uh, You know, I describe, why do you have them listed? We kind of talked about but why do you have them listed as boundary and field corners? And maybe more importantly, Emery, what does it mean in terms of how you break them down at the next level? Good, good question. For me, it's uh, when you talk. When I'm talking about boundary corner, I'm essentially talking about the guy that you want to line up on your number one receiver. That to me is your boundary guy because he's going to be your X receiver. So this boundary corner is going to be essentially lined up on your X. A field guy can do both. But the field guy, in my opinion, is the better athlete. So that guy can play better in a you know, that has a lot more space. He doesn't need the confines of the sideline. You know what I mean? Uh, you you kind of want a physical guy that's a great press guy on the bound, bound on the boundary side against the X receiver because that guy is going to tie up the timing of the play and can also wall receivers off to the sideline and utilize that sideline as his friend. Now, some guys are able to play both, and I even throw that in the notes. Some guys are able to play all three positions. But when, for my purpose, when I when I look at this from a scouting perspective, I'm looking at it from, okay, man, this dude is a great athlete. You can trust him on either side, but for this, I can trust him on the field side if he needs to follow a, a receiver or they put him in a situation where he's playing in the open grass. That's the kind of guy that can match up athletically with a split in or a flanker, or even a slot guy. All right, so let's let's get into the boundary corners. Caleb Farley, he opted out of the 2020 season and recently had a back surgery. You know, I, I, I saw the first game he ever played against Florida State and was immediately impressed. And I think it was his first game ever playing corner or something like that because he was a quarterback. Uh, he's got he, he's a very unique athlete. Yeah, he has A plus ball instincts and ball skills, and you know this is a guy that has that offensive mentality and taking it over to the defensive side of football. And when you have the ability, I always look at it like this: Can you score? Can you take the ball away? I want those guys first in this game, this era of football. And he can take the ball away, and that to me is worth his weight in gold. And because he has the ability to match up athletically, uh, he has solid press skills. He plays the ball like he's a wide receiver, that's the number one corner type activity that you want out there on the perimeter. Your number two ranked uh, boundary corner is a former teammate of mine's son. Always makes me feel old. Asante (laughs) Samuel Jr. from Florida State. 
Love his instincts and technique. And you could tell he was well coached by his dad, who, by the way, is a Hall of Famer, in my opinion. I love the way he was able to attack the football. You could see that permeate through his son. And I think his son is fearless in, in, in terms of what he can do from a press perspective. He can play off coverage really well. He attacks the ball aggressively. He can click and close type. Uh, he's a click and close type corner. So he has everything that you want for a corner to play on the outside. And some people will say, well, he's 5'10", put him in the inside. No, size is not a skill. He can hold his own on the outside. He did so at Florida State. I do believe he can do so in the NFL. Out of the other boundary corners, you got number three, Cameron Bynum from Cal, four, Zach McPherson, Texas Tech, five, Kelvin Joseph, Kentucky. He's a guy that's been getting some buzz. Yes, it's so I'm not surprised he's getting buzz. Now people needed to wait to see what he tested, like, athletically, but the tape should tell you everything. Um, and the fact that he is another long corner with good ball skills and has some upside left in his game because he was another one that transferred from LSU to Kentucky, and, man, that defense just played well. They were good on the front end, they were good at the second level, and they were really good on the back end with guys that could match up. So he's another one of these athletic corners um, that's physical, that has the right mindset, that still has room to grow his game at the pro level. So his potential arrow is pointing in the right direction. So let's get to the field corners then. And your number one ranked guy, probably not that much of a surprise. A lot of people like the number two ranked guy as well. But your number one ranked guy is Patrick Sertan II from Alabama. I loved his technique. You know, he's patient in everything that he does. And, and normally when you're looking at Alabama corners, they always have an issue with finding the football because they play – they're so married to playing in phase. And you don't see that with Sertan. You see a guy that is comfortable in his own technique. So, yeah, he can play in phase up until the last point, turn and find the football and make a play on it. Um, and I think when you have that ability – you know, to, to be able to be disciplined in your technique, but also have the wherewithal to make plays on the ball, you're playing A-plus level football, which he has done so far uh, in his career. Yeah, he is. Uh, he was impressive, even just his size at the U.S. Army Bowl a few years ago. Number two, you've got J.C. Horn. Did I'll I tell you my Horn story, Emery? No, go ahead. I have one, too. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. So, 2007... I go on a free agent visit to Atlanta and I'm in a limo with Joe Horn. It's me and Joe Horn. You know, they're going to sign him to be a starting receiver. They're going to sign me to be like a backup O-lineman, but we're in the same limo. I don't know. You know, and we're, we're going around. We go to get our physical in downtown Atlanta before we even go out to Flowery Branch, the Falcons facility. And after we get the physical, I'm sitting there in the limo. The car opened and like uh, Ross, can I talk to you? I was like, okay. I hop, I hop out of the hop out of the limo and they're like, yeah, man, you uh, you failed your physical. Like the, Joe's here is gonna take you back to the airport right now. I never made it to the Flowery Branch. I never made it to the Falcons facility. I never talked to the coaches or the GM. I the doctors the doctors uh, X me out on my physical. So I remember being like. All right, Joe. See you later, man. He's like, you out? I'm like, I'm out. It was that easy. <laughs> I wish I would have been like, yeah, my agent just got me a $20 million deal somewhere else. I'm out of here. That was not the case. I failed my physical. <laughs> but Joe Hort, a cool, you know, cool dude, man. We had um, – the Saints had a practice, uh, a training cap practice at Nickel State at the time in Thibodeau. So 
you know, we we're in college at the time, we're playing ball. So it's like, you know, it's the summer, we're in summer school. So it's like, you know, let's drive down to Thibodeau to check out the Saints practice. So we we get there, we watch and practice, and after practice, we kind of just shooting the shooting the breeze in the in the stands. You know, it's like six of us. Joe Horn just comes over and introduces himself to us. It's like, you know, y'all y'all brothers want to take a picture or something like that. And we're like, yeah, why not? And so we took a picture with Joe Horn. And then we just start talking. Shopee stayed out there for another 30 minutes just talking about random stuff with us. And I was like, man, this this legit Joe Horn, he didn't have to do all this. And he was just out there just being one of the guys. It was crazy. It was like a surreal moment for us because we was just like, man, we just out there, you know, really just shooting the breeze. And Joe Horn come, attaches himself to our conversation and just kind of hangs out with us. That was pretty funny. That is amazing. <laughs> that, I, I love that story. Well, what's his son, J.C. Horn, like? aggressive as all outside man and you know sometimes it's to a fault but you want someone like that in the secondary that's aggressive in the right state of mind like he's aggressive in how he attacks you in, in tackling he's aggressive in how he attacks the receiver once the ball is in the air he's aggressive in how he attacks the football once it's in the air so he's aggressive the right way out there on a the position he's athletic and so, yeah, he is the type of guy that you can see. If you told me you wanted to go with Horn over Sertan, I wouldn't be mad with you because Horn is a terrific player as well. Let's get to uh, the slot corners. And you've got your number one slot corner is Elijah Molden from Washington. Before you get into Molden, though, Emery, I think most people know slot corner, nickel corner, same type of thing, the guy that plays on the inside receiver I think it's a top 20 most important position on a football team. I, I think it's really important. It's the money down play, third down. Um, what are you looking for typically from slot corners? Guys that can mirror and match and guys that can, you know, play that short area game, almost like be point guards on defense in football. That's what you want in nickel corners. I think it was uh, – Bill Barcells, who said it best, that Allen Iverson would be an outstanding cornerback because of his footwork. And when you think about what point guards do or how they play defense, that's essentially what playing nickel is all day long. And remember growing up, Ross, you watch the games, the NFL games, and they had the starting lineups, and then they they'd go to the secondary, and it'd be the four guys, and then they do the, the wipe, and it shows nickel package, dime package. Well, nickel package now – is your starting defense because everyone is in three wide receiver sets nowadays. So this is a starter position to your point. So important to have guys that can start on the inside. You want to treat this position like you would your number one corner out there on the outside. Yeah. Very important that people realize that. Um, what about Elijah Molden, your top ranked slot corner? I love his football IQ, man. He just understands ball. Like, this dude has great spatial awareness. He understands where everything is. He has a great concept of, of what offenses are trying to do from a route running perspective. So he's always in a great position to make a play. He may not be the fastest or most explosive, but he's smart. He's instinctive. He's always in the right spot. And he makes a ton of plays. To me, that's exactly what you look for for someone starting on the inside. So you've got three different types of safeties, free safeties, strong safeties, combo safeties. Before we get to them, I do want to mention quickly, we always talk about uh, Emery being the czar of YouTube and how awesome he is. I've got this new show on YouTube. It's called Football Feedback. It's like, I don't know, I do it once a month, maybe once every three weeks. It's just you guys. Like I give you guys the same link Emery has right now. 
You come on, you ask me whatever question you want. All you have to do this week is take advantage of any of the sponsors over at RossTucker.com on the sponsors tab, especially keeps. I love me some keeps and keeping my hair. And then send it to me, Ross at RossTucker.com, and you'll automatically get on the next football feedback YouTube show. Be right on the show like this, like Emory is. All right, let's start with free safeties. Uh, you've got Ardarius Washington from TCU, Richard LeCount from Georgia. You know, and, and before you get into the specific player, free safeties, typically, Emory, you're middle of the field, free safety, center fielder type that hopefully can cover a lot of ground on the back end. Yeah, guys that can roam around technically in the definition of the word free, you don't want to relegate them to a certain player because you like their ability to, to really read and react. Um, so, yeah, that's exactly what the free safety is in this regard for, for scouting purposes. Our Darius Washington from TCU. Surprised that he was number one for me because as you're watching – you know, and, and a lot of times we have our own personal biases where you see someone listed, you're like, and he's a safety? I thought he would be a, a nickel corner. And then you watch the film, you're like, my goodness, this dude is outstanding. Like, he is legitimately 175 pounds, but he's blowing dudes up like he's Ray Lewis in a run game and also on these little quick, you know, bubble screens. And he has good instincts. He has explosive uh, reactionary skills. And he's able to play the ball, so I think he can hold his own out there on you know on the back end as a free safety. I know some teams will probably see him as more of a combo guy. They want to play him in the alley or play him shallow. But man, back deep, he can cover a lot of ground, and because he has that good range, I like him on the back end. He his tape just graded out consistently well, uh, more so in my opinion than his teammate Morick, who's an outstanding strong safety in this class. What about Richard LeCount from Georgia? He's a U.S. Army Bowl guy. And this is a classic situation of film versus combine testing. When you watch him play, he plays like he's 6'1", 210, runs a 4'4", with how well he closes on the football, with how well he's able to make plays on the ball. He's able to arrive at the exact time the ball is, and sometimes he's able to make the play and pick it off or you know, separate man from ball with his contact. But then you go to the combine, he measured it at, what, 5'11", 190. He ran a 4'6", or 4'7", or something like that, maybe even 4'8". But you think, man, he don't play like a 4'8", you know, safety. He plays faster than what he tested. So I'm going to trust the film in that regard. And every time I see him, he's making a game-changing play on the ball. And I like someone like that on the, on the back end. I told I, – I remember uh, Daniel Jeremiah tweeted something out about his testing – and, you know, he said, you know, I kind of can trust what this guy did on film. It's just shocking that he tested this way. I like his film better. And it reminded me a lot of Sammy Knight when he was coming out of USC. Sammy Knight, you know, ran like a 4-9 or something like that, and the Saints drafted him. But all Sammy Knight did was do exactly what Richard LeCount did at Georgia, find his way to the football, make game-changing plays, and ended up being one of the best safeties in Saints history with how many times he turned the ball over, how many times he made plays on both ends of defense. So LeCount, to me, is the same type guy. Um, let's get to your strong safeties. And what are you typically looking for there, Emery? Guys that are great open field tacklers. And to, I know today's game kind of adjusted how we traditionally looked at strong safeties. You, you kind of looked at strong safeties as guys that 
yeah, they can play safety, but they can't catch or they can't cover. They can't do anything but just run and hit. But that's not how the position is has evolved. And so I think you see these strong safeties that now have the ability to match up versus tight ends and versus backs and be in a good spot to make plays. But you still want guys that are a little bit more physical than free safety, so they're a bit more apt to make plays in space and tackling and also can be utilized as blitzers. Your number one ranked guy, I've heard a lot of buzz around this guy. It's Richie Grant from UCF. Yeah, he's explosive. And he's another one of these new age strong safeties that you are trusting in in the alley, trusting in run support. You can also trust him versus tight ends. He matches up well. He makes plays on the ball. Um, So to me, he's kind of leaning toward a combo guy. But because he's so physical, I like him more so as a strong safety in a traditional sense uh, because he's so special in what he can do. So this other guy, people have some of my people I've listed as one of the top twenty players in the draft. Uh, you have him as the second best strong safety. You mentioned him earlier, Trayvon Moring from TCU. Yeah, I think you know he's not as overly explosive as you would like, um, but he's consistent. Like he doesn't take bad angles to the football. He's a good open field tackler. He's able to make plays that are coming his way that are there to be made. Um, and he does give you some versatility. I also like the fact that he can essentially be your nickel linebacker uh, in, in certain packages and sub packages if you want to keep a, an extra defensive back out there. So I like the stuff that he does bring to the table. But I just think from an explosiveness standpoint, he's not the dynamic athlete as his teammate Washington is. So I got to ask you about your number three ranked strong safety, Paris Ford. Just because I I heard about Paris going back to high school, and Paris had a terrible pro day, terrible. Like I couldn't believe how bad. Sounds almost like what you're saying about uh, Richard LeCount. Yeah, and that's the shocking part of it because you see everyone start to now down his game. But it's like, man, we just watched this dude do some great things at Pitt in the run game. He was consistent in the run game. And another one of these situations where you play faster than you test. Some guys just have that ability. Um, they, you know, they don't do drills well. They don't test well. The game to them is the real thing. And it's hard to simulate that in their mind in practice or in drills. You, you know, so it's, it's a weird dichotomy. Some guys just have that sense about them. They call them gamers. I think Ford is a gamer. He plays faster than what he timed. His instincts allow him to be uh, a, half, a half step faster uh, than what he was, you know, doing out there on his pro day. So, I, again, I would trust the film here and still like this guy's tape as a as a strong safety, a sub package player at the next level. Combo safeties now, and your number one ranked guy is Andre Cisco, but you got to explain what you mean by combo safety first. Combo safeties are guys that can, you know, play either safety spot, so you can trust them at either spot, but also you could trust them matching up in coverage, let's say in the slot per se, uh, versus receivers in, in in hold their own. So these guys can essentially, you know, play slot corner if you want a bigger guy there in, in certain situations. You could trust them versus some bigger slot receivers or some tight ends that are flex tight ends, but you could also trust them at either safety spot. Tell me about Andre Cisco from Syracuse. Had he not gotten injured uh, in a pregame freak injury uh, this year, I think he'd be a first-round pick. Um, he is tremendous. He's athletic he's explosive uh, he can match up across the board he makes plays on the football and he plays as fast as he would have tested had he been able to do so so this is a guy that is an elite athlete 
and has elite level instincts. Um, and he's going to be a stud pro considering he gets back to full health. So Emery, uh, we got an email question and we got it a couple weeks ago, but you know, we kept having guests on. So I was able to get to it. Remember, if you take advantage of any of our sponsors ever, DraftKings, Keeps, whatever, send me an email, Ross at RossTucker.com. Forward the confirmation email to me, and you can ask Emery any question you want. Somehow, uh, Emery, I blew what the guy's name was, but if you're a loyal listener, you'll know it's your question. Sorry. Um, He said, uh, this is from a couple weeks ago, looking forward to the football game plan scouting profile. Question for Emery with his evaluation process. For wide receivers, how much does physicality go into your process? Seems like players like Des Bryant, DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas are highly successful in the league due to their physicality when running route at the top of the route and in contested catch situations more than eye-popping traits. How much does the wide receiver physical nature play into your evaluation? And do you actually grade this aspect of a prospect? Steve Smith is another player that comes to mind who is undersized, but is an absolute dog of a competitor and very physical. I, that's a great question. And I do account for players' physicality. You kind of put it in the, the scope of, man, he has that dog in him. And, and guys that have that, at no matter what position, you kind of want to, you want that guy on your team. And that's what makes the Des Bryant different than, you know, another receiver. That's what makes you have the affinity for a Steve Smith or someone like a DeAndre Hopkins. You want somebody that's physical, man. It's a physical game. And you don't want anyone uh, that's not apt to going up and fighting for the football. Quarterbacks love it. You know, defensive coordinators hate it. Um, but offensive coordinators love it because it allows you to open up your entire playbook because, okay, I know this guy's not afraid to go over the middle of the field. I know this guy's going to fight for the football if it's in the air in a 50-50 situation. And when you're able to play that physical game, you find yourself having more success. And those guys, to me, tend to translate better to the NFL than a finesse guy, so to speak, someone that just wants to beat him with speed. Uh, you have to be able to play a physical game at some point uh, in the NFL. I would say in general, physicality is very important to me at every position. You know, just people that have that dog, it, it, it's just it's a tough sport. And at the NFL level especially, you got to really enjoy and embrace that part of it. And, I mean, I play with guys – like Clinton Portis, you wouldn't think it. He liked to hit people, man. Like when he was blocking, like he liked to hit people. And it just seems like most of the best players, they really do enjoy the physical part of it. They embrace that part of it. Check out Emery on Twitter at FBall Game Plan. Of course, most of you already know him, Football Game Plan on YouTube. And still time. We got, you know, whatever it is, 17 days, 16 days. Until the first round of the draft, footballgameplan.com slash 2021 draft guide. Glad to hear things are going well, Emery. I am not surprised at all. You can check us out at Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod. Hoping more of you guys ask email questions to Emery or try to get in the next football feedback show. Should be awesome. Other than that, the keg is kicked. We're all tapped out. 
Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mention DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. you got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always, sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. 